Welcome to What Do You Think? I'm Al. And I'm C. Talk to me, C. Talk to me. <laughs> Talk to me. Oh, that... How traumatized are you? I am not only traumatized, I am enthralled. Um, I'm going to make no bones about it right off the bat, folks. Um, the movie we're about to review today, I loved it. Oh my God. This, this was, exi- this is that kind I'm, of horror that's exhilarating. I'm dumbfounded. You want to know why I'm dumbfounded, see? Because two YouTubers made possibly one of the best horror movies of the year. Possibly the best horror okay, movie of the year. Not just any YouTubers. A Raka infamous, Raka. yeah, an infamous YouTube channel known as Raka Raka. Do you know about Raka Raka, see? Not too much. I'm going to tell you a story, see? So, mm-hmm. Raka Raka is a YouTube group. It's two brothers. Um, uh, They're uh, twins, aren't they? Are they? They look very similar to each other. Oh, my God. Are they twins? Not, give me give me one second, folks. I need to look at their faces. To be clear, one of them is uh, their hair. Yeah, they look like twins. Yeah, Danny, twins. Danny Filippo and Michael Filippo. Yeah. All right. So these guys, along with um, along with uh, a third friend, I believe his name is oh, God, Chris something. Chris something. What was his name? What was his name? Because it, it was it's the two brothers and a friend who started Raka Raka. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the let me see. Da, da, da. I know they were featured on the um, YouTubers React show for a little while as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to find their. I'm trying to find their their uh, uh, their, their their third friend, but I cannot find it. Okay, we're so, sorry, so, third so, friend. sorry, 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 third friend who started Raka Raka with uh, My- Michael and Danny Filippo. Anyway. So Raka Raka got its start in around uh, 2013, and ostensibly, do do you remember YouTube in 2013? See, oh, I remember YouTube in 2013. I... Name me some of the famous celebrities of YouTube in 2013. Okay, so you have was that the Tobuscus era? Was he? That was the... no. This was um. This was the the uh, Filthy Frank era. Okay, okay. This was so Filthy Frank and Smosh. This was Filthy Thra- Frank, Smosh. PewDiePie was not a thing, huge thing yet. He was getting big, but he wasn't a huge thing yet. Filthy Frank, Smosh. Um, there was this YouTuber by the name of Shane Dawson who was all, all, had been big for a while already. But he kind of reinvented big. himself at that uh, time? At that point, yes. It was... You also have... Um, who else? Oh, there was this weird, what some people called the first boy band of YouTube called O2L. That was kind of a weird thing. Um, there was also, gaming was starting to become big on YouTube. Let's be clear. It was becoming big, but it wasn't the dominating force that it would later become. Not quite yet. Um, you also had, this wasn't, Vine wasn't really a thing yet. Um... Who else did you have? There were others out there. There were plenty others. I mean, I was always a fan. So I really stuck to my YouTubers like Lou um, for the most part. Uh, so I was a big fan of Philip DeFranco. Still am. Um, I was a fan of Shane Dawson. Let's not get into that anymore. Um, I, 
later on in era. There's other YouTubers that were in a later era that I liked, but this was when there weren't. This was still kind of the no holds bars of YouTube. The adpocalypse, as it was later known, hadn't happened yet. The real one. Everyone joked there was a baby one, but the the real one that really changed things for YouTubers hadn't happened yet. So things were pretty free flowing. You could get away with a lot more than you can now. It it was a very different time. It was the, it was okay. A lot of businesses, a lot of like cafe like starbucks is the main one i'm thinking of try to be the what's known as the third space in society um and youtube was the digital third space you know there was social media and there was google or like net or google so to speak and there were other video sites or there were other like you know things where you watch tv online but youtube in this time was really defining itself as the third space on the internet in a lot of ways mm-hmm so so yeah, Raka Raka kind of started in that realm, in that kind of environment that YouTube had in 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, they they started the brothers started off just making like fake, uh, fake like fail videos, like you know people trying to do something and then they just fall on their face. Mm-hmm. They wanted to kind of experiment, try out some some like uh, special effects stuff they were working on. They were like, oh, we'll just create these funny fail videos, but not actually have these people hurt themselves we'll use like squibs and stuff to mm-hmm. to to kind of do this but they the channel got big with i don't know if you ever saw it the, the harry McDonald's potter one. well the harry potter versus star wars uh viral video okay i haven't seen that one i've seen their mcdonald's one that was later Th- that certain that, clips became famous later on yeah they became they became like gif memes yeah totally yeah. uh so ostensibly again where you had Filthy Frank, where it was just like outrageously vulgar and over the top. Mm-hmm. Raka Raka, instead of using like curse words or. Okay, Filthy Frank and all these other guys, when they were doing gross out comedy, they would do something. They would do something like, like nasty to gross you out, right? Mm-hmm. Filthy Frank would show you his butt or something or say mm-hmm. some something grotesque. To make you want to kind of puke and stuff. Raka Raka decided to kind of take a different direction where they're like, oh, we want to gross you out because YouTube is all about grossing you out. But we want to gross you out with violence. And Raka Raka eventually became an infamous channel because all their videos involved very, very hardcore violence and just like, like, just almost kind of like, in your face, cannibal, uh, cannibal Holocaust type violence that was so, it was over the top, but never so over the top that it was cartoonish. Mm-hmm. It was just real enough to make you a little sick. And Raka Raka had such a bad reputation that YouTube demonetized the channel to the point that the two brothers, Danny and Michael Filippo, weren't making any money off of the channel, but they were still making videos. So their most famous character was their interpretation of Ronald McDonald. The first video with Ronald McDonald is just him like punching a kid and kind of having a mental breakdown because they were eating. Didn't McDonald's attempt to sue them for this? I don't know. I I heard, I have heard that story, but I don't know if it's true or not. I couldn't confirm. But like in his first video, he hits a kid, gets 
gets like thrown on the ground as he's having a mental breakdown because the family's eating an Australian fast food burger instead of McDonald's. That's right. Well, subsequent videos, he decides to just start harming people. And every video with Ronald McDonald involve him maiming, stabbing, using a chainsaw, just killing people in the most grotesque ways possible. And because they were never so over the top that you could be like, oh, it's a cartoon. Like, this was never, like, itchy and scratchy level violence. This was like, okay, horror movie level violence where it's just feels real enough that this would have been rated X if it was shown in a movie theater. Mm -hmm. That's true. So, in a way, they were like, they were kind of like if, if John, like, the bad taste of John Waters... But instead of gross out stuff like poop, puke and stuff, it was violence. And quite frankly, their their sense of humor was always like, let's just show something super, super violent and dis- and make people feel disgusted with themselves to the point that they kind of became known as YouTube poop, you know, channels that are like just there to gross you out. There's really nothing redeeming about them. Yeah. So imagine my surprise. I watch a trailer for an A24 horror movie and it looks amazing. It's We were it's both a, super fucking excited for it. We we're like, oh, this sound, this looks really good. It's about a seance gone wrong. The performances look so real. It's shot so gorgeously. Like it takes place in an interesting location that we don't really see a lot in horror movies. Gen Z uh, uh, Australia. Australia. That's so interesting. And I look up the directors. I'm like, Danny and Michael Filippo. Interesting. I wonder if they've done anything else. All I saw like in a quick Google search was that they got their start making movies by being a crew on the Babadook. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, these guys were on the Babadook crew. They must they must know their shit. And then like I look, at, I look a little deeper and it's like they also run the YouTube channel Raka Raka. And I'm like, what the fuck? The Raka Raka guys made a horror movie that doesn't look like overt, gross out, disgusting, saw level violence. Bullshit. I have got to see this movie. And A24 picked it up. And A24 picked it up. Again, again, get on the Raka Raka YouTube channel, folks. Look at their videos. Mm -hmm. Listen, it's it's not my cup of tea. I think it's violence and bad taste. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you watch it, you'll be like, oh, these are the type of guys that would make a movie closer to like what Rob Zombie did in House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, this or... is what, that's what they would do. That, that, which, that... My, which I think is in them. Let me be clear. But we'll no, see. no, no. It's in them. Something's in them. <laughs> but, but, but the fact that they make this, which is one of the best ghost stories I've seen in a while, mm-hmm. where they have a lot of restraint. like Until they, it doesn't. Until it doesn't. I'm like, I'm really impressed with this directing duo and I'm excited to see what they do next. Apparently they're working on street fighter. So okay, okay. let's I, see I how can, that goes. But we'll uh, yeah, like again, folks, I never had the highest opinion of Raka Raka to be, find out that they've made something so sophisticated as talk to me. Yeah. Wow. And, and the fact that talk to me works as like, like I, like, you know how, Scream was like a movie about Gen X for Gen X. Yes, it's it's the it's it's one of Gen X's favorite movies. This and this so, this, it's a good this movie. is such a Gen Z movie mm-hmm. 
that I would not be surprised if this is a movie that like that like bodies, Gen Z, bodies, bodies could never is all I can say. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It could never do. What it this could did. never. It could never do what this did. So how's about? Or do you have anything else to say before we watch the trailer? Let's just watch the trailer because then I'll get into this. <laughs> have you seen the group chat? You're doing it again tonight. Huh? No. Please. It's my mom's remembrance day. I just want to forget about it. Huh? I'll do it. Cannot go for more than 90 seconds. Am I clear? What happens after 90 seconds? Don't want to stay. Light the candle to open the door. Blow it out to close it. Put your hand on it. Now say, talk to me. Talk to me. the hand feel like? It felt amazing. I could see and feel everything on the other side. So my mom, she was trying to reach out. Mom, I'm here. Still been saying stuff? You've been saying stuff. What if we opened the door but we didn't shut it? I like him. They're not gonna stop. They're never gonna stop. I gotta say something about this film. Ooh, so good. I gotta say that uh, the lead of this film, uh, Sophie Wilde, she's going places. This wow. is her. No, this she, is her featured debut. She fucking kills it in this. Holy first, cow! First of all, first of all, like I have never seen a, a an actress with such tender eyes, where I'm like, oh, I think I'm in love with this woman. <laughs> and and then the movie happens and I'm like, oh God. <laughs> in, mm. in fact, like listen, the, the entire cast here, Sophie Wilde, she plays the lead, Mia. Uh then we have Joe Bird, he plays her best friend's little brother, Riley. Which by the way, that kid, holy fuck. That, that kid was a is, lot for that kid to do. That was a lot for that kid to do, and he stuck the landing. He yeah. was so good. He actually t- so I watched a group interview of of the majority of the cast, and he talks about how he was he admitted he was very nervous to do all this, but he credited the the two uh, directors for really reassuring him um, that they had his had both 
everything in mind right, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yes. And that's what, able to, that's what allowed him to uh, fully embrace what he had to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexandra Jensen plays Mia's best friend, Jade. Uh, Otis Danji plays uh, Jade's boyfriend, Daniel. Uh, Zoe Tarakis plays Haley. And Chris Alozio, who's been in a ton of Raka Raka uh, YouTube videos, plays Joss. And I have to uh, point out, so Zoe Tarakis and Chris Alozio, they are also exactly what this movie needed in the best way. Yeah, and by oh, the way, Chris, yeah, Chris Alozio is going to be in Taika Waititi's next movie, Next Goal Wins. So that makes sense. Also, uh, Miranda Otto, who is actually a very prominent uh, character actor, plays the mom. Plays the mom uh, of Jade of and friend. Riley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, that that's important to say. Yes, and, and, and listen, the reason I'm pointing out the cast is because there really is not a weak link in this main cast. None. None. Like, okay, so the movie opens up with a prologue, and even the actors in the prologue are really good. Yep. Like, really, really good. In fact, that prologue is, like, all one take. It's, yeah. it's re- like, that. when when it was happening, I was like, oh, this is going to be that type of movie. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like, like, and again, I just, I got to keep saying, I'm so shocked that Danny and Michael Filippo made something so sleek, so, like, both restrained like like i'm looking at like i'm looking at like a video of of their their interview on imdb on Mm -hmm. silence of course and it's just them acting the fool like they're acting like they act in their youtube videos Mm -hmm. and talk to me is is like talk to me is 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 sleek it's restrained it's it's it it knows when to go for the jugular but it also knows when to when to calm down so I I read a couple a review on this or after I saw it because I needed to get some insights on this movie and some thoughts some other thoughts on this and s- s- this critic brought brought up something that I don't know if we've mentioned on this podcast but I'd like to tape to bring up for just a sec. We've talked about how in the past the post COVID film era is really taking a fascinating and actually exciting shift that I have said, and I say again, I'm very excited and intrigued by. Um, just with all the different, sh- like the, sh- the best way to put it is strangeness and oddities are being embraced in the mainstream, but in a very like professional, well done way. There, It's not always gonna work, but it, it, in many ways it does. But on the other end of that in the film industry, you have a focus on the traditional way mo- ways movies were made in especially the 80s, but also the 90s as well, where they're go- kind of going back. But you kind of have this ex- these two extremes happening at the same time. And I would argue that horror is the only genre right now where that's happening at the same time. Because you have films like Barbarian, Boogeyman, and the black phone uh, that are really embracing this older horror, so to speak. Yeah. But then you have Hereditary, and you have um, you have basically any horror movie that A twenty four has made, but also Neon as well. That has this sleeker, what people are calling elevated horror, but I don't like that term that much. But that's like the term because it, it, it's be very used. elitist. Yeah. It's very elitist, and I don't agree with it. But for the sake of argument let's just say that's the word being used 
don't like it, but it is the words that are being used. And what I like about Talk To Me, somehow it is a fresh new car hybrid of both of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this movie did it. I don't understand how these two fucking did this, but they did a hybrid movie that feels new, fresh, and sleek, but also down home and back to the horror movies that I that really got me when I was younger, like the ones that would make me jump out of my seat as a kid. If you but had somehow told me, it does both. And I if you had told me, if you had told me that Al. You're going to significantly like more the movie that Raka Raka makes <laughs> over the movie that Ari Aster makes. That, I would have been like, "What yeah. drugs are you taking?" But then, here we are. Here, here we, we are. are. We I, drank I, the I I've got to say, it's this is a like. Listen, talk to me is at its core a ghost story, mm-hmm. it, and it, it's the best type of ghost story. It's a ghost story that ties in themes of grief, themes of the unknown, but it also does new stuff. This is a ghost story where they treat the seance like a drug addiction. I know. Talk. And it's and it makes sorry, I'm sorry, I'll get my bits. It makes going. it makes so much sense though, right? It does because it's how teenagers would actually do that. And I would have never imagined that. I I read sense. I read an article where the, the 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 interviewer asked the directors what inspired this and they said we saw a video of one of our friends ODing on heroin and that that image just freaked us out so much that it looked like he was possessed and that's where the idea was born mm-hmm. and that fear that they explained that they had resonates throughout this entire film yeah again it guys it's really hard to make a good ghost story it really it is. is. It it really really is. These guys this this is going to be one of those ghost stories that people are like for Halloween they're like, "Oh, what should we watch?" "Oh, let's watch Talk to Me" cuz uh, it's, it, so it, it, it's not just the filmmaking that makes it work. It's the performances. Again, Sophie Wilde, this is her first feature. She's going to be in a lot of shit. She she's she's like she she carries this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh for a, a significant chunk and you buy it all because she's just so sincere, sincere in expressing grief, sincere in expressing fear, sincere in expressing an addiction or an inability to let go of talking to the dead. Like it's, it's just, and then the, her, her last performance, her last performance in the movie is such a gut punch. Yeah. Oh, that, that ending, I, that ending, that ending was that again, it fucks it, you up. Because that's what the best ghost stories do, Cotton. Yeah. This this really, in a weird way, this, like you said, it goes back to the tradition. This would have been the ghost story of, th- this is the type of ghost story you would tell your kids around a campfire to scare them before bed. Yeah. Can I also just talk about how is it that the makeup effects are so fucking good they've in been, this? They've been, they've been uh, uh, honing their makeup skills since 2013 10 years yeah you're right remember they they do a lot of practical effects on their on their uh youtube uh channel Mm -hmm. which is which is why um which is why like they would always get demonetized because they got so good that it looked real yeah because okay so for the record folks okay this is going to get into some spoilery territory i'm sorry but 
the trailer gives away a lot of it. I won't tell the events of it, but how the rules of what they're doing. So this hand is some sort of thing where when you grab it and you, as the trailer says, you light the candle and you say, talk to me, you'll start to be able to communicate with ghosts, very literally. There's another element to it, basically, where you can, they can then possess you uh, and you just blow out the candle to make it stop. As we said, these teenagers basically use it to get high, so to speak. And have, have fun. It's a, what? They use it to have fun. They use it as a party fun. trick. They use it as a party trick. And they literally record it on their, on their smartphones and like share it on TikTok and Snapchat and all the things that they have. And it's such a realistic, I, say, I hate to say realistic, but realistic way. But when you see these ghosts, okay, the way they're depicting them isn't necessarily anything new or like different, but with just, and it's the combination of the visceral effects that you see and the sound effects, which are, re- I actually think this movie might get nominated, get an Oscar nomination for sound effects possibly because they're that good there's something about every sound that's used in this to just the right way that's not of course my favorite part of the movie my favorite part about this movie is almost everything but it's the the way when you see the ghosts for the first time and you jump back because they are horrific i have not seen horrific ghosts like this in a long time where it didn't look hokey too or silly like over the top like a good example is 13 ghosts the remake those ghosts look really graphic and disgusting but it's too much it's 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 almost silly but these look just despicable in every way and it's horrific but it's something something oof. else that the movie does really well is that again ostensibly raka raka was a comedy youtube channel i know um, yeah but this movie knows when it should be when it should have levity. Yes. And that's so important for a story like this where you're like, okay, I can relax. And then, oh, no, they're building up the tension again. Oh, God, why? Why did I allow myself yeah. to relax? And some something else that I think is going to be – it's a very underrated thing about the movie that's not being said in the conversation when people are talking about this. This movie, like, portrays Gen Z youth so authentically. Like mm-hmm. – like, they're all on their phones, but it's not like in your face that they're in their phones, like to try to make like a message about it. They're just no, on their it's phones. just it's just uh, it's an extension. That's it. And it's an extension of what they are. Um, the like there's a one scene with Miranda Otto where she's trying to get everyone to admit that there's a party. It's so funny. Oh my and god! And it's so true to life. It's yeah. so true to life that you're like, okay, say what you will about these directors. They they know. They know how this generation acts towards each yeah. other and towards the older generations. And it works. It really works. Yeah. And credit like, to the mom. She was funny in this. Yeah, Miranda Otto was funny. Yeah. Uh, she was funny when she had to be, but she um, yeah, she, she carried pathos when she had to be. Ooh, but kind of going back to Joe Bird yeah. as Riley. Yeah. This kid, for the first half of the movie... Like you really start feeling for this kid. Like yeah. almost it's almost kind of sort of his point of view. When it's not Mia's, it's his point of view. Yeah. And then the second half of the movie starts. <sighs> so that so that you're so invested in what's happening because you grew to like Riley so much cuz he's he's a good kid. He's just yeah. legitimately a good kid. 
Yeah. Right. And then he, he has a scene. He has a scene with uh, Mia mm-hmm. where I was like, how is this kid making me believe this? Mm-hmm. And, and Mia's like, oh, my God. No, don't stop. Don't stop, please. And I'm like, yeah. this kid is so fucking good. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and, it's, and, 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 no, you know it's good, too, because here's the thing. When his look before, because the way it works is you see the ghost first before it possesses you. Yeah. When his look, you knew what he saw just by the way he acted. That is a powerful performance. Yeah. He Because he didn't just like stare at Riley and like say it. That's a weak way to do it. He, he glances at her real quick and then like the, the, the um, peer pressure of the moment makes him go through with it. But it is so, ooh, it's, he sells it so fucking well. The, the, th- the, thing, the thing about Talk To Me that like, Talk talk to me doesn't break new ground in many respects, except it does it does like have this unique twist of like possession as a drug addiction. That's yeah, that's that's its, that, twist. That, that, that's its twist. That's its sell. That that's its sell. That's its logline. Mm-hmm. Everything else it does, it just does well. And that mm-hmm. that's all you can ask for as an audience member. You don't you you don't want a movie trying to find new ways to do something, right? Just find one way to make it interesting, and just do everything else well. Do the scares well. Do the do the human drama well. Mm-hmm. Do do the do the tension building well. Yep. J- just 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 do it well. Don't worry about like okay, how do I make this different from all the other horror movies? Don't worry about that, right? Yeah. And and it, and it works so well. Um the 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 relationship the the human relationships in this movies are so well developed. Like, like, and, and things that it doesn't need to be, but it just is. Like, Mia has a relationship with with uh, her friend's mom, Sue. She has a relationship with, with Daniel, who used to be her ex. She has a relationship with, with her dad, with Riley. They're all developed competently. That you, mm-hmm. you, you don't need to have an exposition dialogue of like, oh, how is their relationship? You just, yeah, no. you just have looks, uh, exchange of looks. You have... Uh, characters doing something that informs like, oh, he's doing this because he might care for her or, oh, he's doing this because he trusts her more than he trusts his own family. Like, or, oh, he's distant because he's hiding something. This, this is again, the Filippo brothers do these little things well, and that just makes the experience all that much better. Again, not every movie has to be a groundbreaking new element of horror or a new element of the genre. Like, like for instance, like I know everyone always goes like, Oh, uh, 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 get out was groundbreaking. Get out did one thing different. It took guess who's coming to dinner. And was like, what if it was a horror movie? That's it's mm-hmm. one thing that's different. Everything else. It just did. Well, it just did. Mm-hmm. Well, it racked tension. Well, it, it revealed the conspiracy. Well, it was competent. And that's what this movie is too. I'm not comparing this to get out, but I am saying that, Again, all you have to do, like, here's the best thing about horror. When you execute the, the cliche, the tropes, whatever you want to call it, the elements that make horror horror, when you execute it well, you're going to have an audience that is, that is open to the movie. Mm-hmm. And these guys just, they, they just knocked it out of the park. Yeah. And, and, and you know what's crazy, though? This may be the most accessible A24 horror movie in a while. 
No, it, it without a doubt is. And the thing is, because the, the, the trailer plays it like it's, you know, going to be a typical A24 horror movie, you know, uh, a little a, a little highbrow, so to speak. But it, this, how do I put this? For me, because you're absolutely, everything you've said is absolutely correct. If you have a, a well-written script, okay, it's a bonus if you have an interesting hook, which for this, the interesting hook was, as we've said, possession as a drug addiction. Fine. But you don't always need that. But if you have that, that's going to give you that edge. But then the other, and this is the part we're getting at, when you have these incredibly talented actors selling it, really selling it where you're not you're interested in what they're doing outside of the scary moments like that that's it like because when i was watching this group interview of all the, the the these teenage actors like you could tell the interviewer the person interviewing them was genuinely like amazed at what they had done and she was asking them, like, oh, how did you get to this point? What did you do? And they were very relaxed about it. They were like, oh, I just was being me. But that takes such talent because so many people don't know how to be themselves in a real way or in a, or to be a, a version of themselves in something that's this intense. Like, they're not going to be able to go there. But so many of them did. Yeah. And I know I'm just gushing over this movie, but my God, like, and what made this horror movie so great, and actually a little bit of this ties into Boogeyman, where I talked about how Boogeyman towed a line. This movie tows a fucking tightrope, okay? Yeah. It it manages to get the somber and the sad and the more emotional beats and the funny beats so right without you ever noticing the shift. Because mm-hmm. like I said, we talked about how Boogeyman was really good at going through the different tones and feelings throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. But even then, you still noticed when there was a change a little bit, which is not a bad thing. It's just you noticed it a little bit. Mm-hmm. This was somehow seamless, which I'm still wrapping my brain around. Like, how is it allowed to be this, like, like polished like they this is their directorial debut and you are right you make a good point where they had years of practice with their youtube channel without a doubt that is correct but this good as a directorial debut has me so so excited for whatever they do next oh my god um i also want to point out that the the way this movie handled grief because also the boogeyman it's interesting there are some interesting parallels with this and boogeyman not in the concept but more in what the characters are yeah how the characters the, the state of mind of the characters yes yes that's what it is and i commented how boogeyman really handled grief really well holy shit somehow this one did it better like this, do you know what the difference was? This handled grief if you're not getting the help you need. If you don't have the support system, or at least a good support system. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you don't necessarily have that. Um, 
And that's really what I think what drove this home. Also, for the record, this is quite possibly better than any anti-drug PSA ever made. Like, just show <laughs> kids, just show kids this, and be like, "Yeah, this happens. Like, you're gonna do this if you do, at least for the hard drugs. It's like, yeah, this is a great way to basically be like, no. And I didn't know that about the her- the heroin thing, but it makes sense. It absolutely makes 100% sense that this is what they saw and this is what got them there. Um. I, I can and may go on, but um, Al, what, is there anything else you have to add, please? Like, what else? I, 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 I have to say that just my disbelief that those Rocka Rocka guys made something just so sleek, so well. You know what I'm going to say? It's not fair, but I'm still happy for them. I'm happy for them, but it's not fair. Um, like, like, they've made something that's just so, like... they they told a good story. They told a real, I never thought they'd have it in them to tell a great story. Actually, I did some research. I found out that apparently like hints of their sophistication in telling stories started popping up when they did this really interesting thing where ostensibly they told their audience that they were going to do a live stream of like the behind the scenes of Raka Raka. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being low key, a like 10 hour horror horror film. Oh, where 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 apparently they were like they tricked people into realizing like, oh, this is a horror. They, they did a horror short mm-hmm. um, that that it just kind of surprised people. So I'm like, oh, these guys, these guys actually are really good at executing and and making their ideas a reality. And that's just true in this movie. I the only bad thing I can say about this movie is that. Like, yeah, some of the ghost designs are not, like, crazy original, but that's not a slight on the movie. That's just, again, like, you can't be groundbreaking in everything. So that that's really it, folks. The movie has its scares. Here's here's another thing, yeah. though. You might be saying, like, wow, like, if you're a fan of Raka Raka and you're like, well, this the, if, if it doesn't even sound like what they do, why would I watch it? I'm like, there's a scene that goes that would make Tarantino go like, oh, my. Oh my would, goodness! <laughs> yes, which hey, I'm I'd be curious to see what he thinks of it. Uh, I w- I I would not be surprised if he loves it. So yeah, there's there's going to be a scene on here where you're like, oh, that's uh, that's uh, uh, uh that's that's mm-hmm. probably going to be on my list. And yeah, yeah. no, I, I absolutely love the film, and but I love the cast. The cast did their job. The cast did their job, and Sophie Wilde is going to be a big name. She just will, she has I, it. She has that she, it oh, factor. She has the it factor. My God. She also, I don't know what it is, but, and I don't want to say this in any kind of way that would come off weird, but she just films really well. You know those actors where it's like they just, the camera really, really works with them. Just the way they look. And mm-hmm. she nails it like let me be clear it's her performance obviously i'm not saying anything else otherwise but they're just the way she moves the way she acts the way she looks just really compliment the camera just can't help but compliment her in such a great way like she is this very interesting presence around the other actors again the other actors as you've pointed out the the little brother of the friend he's fantastic and the things he did 
My God. That good for him. That's impressive. But just the way the camera works with her and the way she engages with this obviously they filmed on location, but with a lot of the set and what they had to do, she engages with it so well. My one critique, and this does not diminish the movie with for me in any way, but it is something I noticed while watching the film. And I'll even be more clear, I completely understand why the directors did it, and I don't fault them for it. But I think it's just that newbie approach that a lot of first-time features have. The third act, though great, was a touch fast and loose, fully intentional, and I see that. I just noticed it's like you, it very suddenly picks things up very quickly, and it's almost like, we got to move things along. We got to move things along. Again, it's still great. But I just noticed that one thing. I was like, okay, you're picking things up. Like, now's when you're like, you're getting the ball rolling. You're making the money moves. And it's fine. You just see it for a second. But that's my only, not even critique, but thing I noticed that took me out for a second. But then you get right back into it with every intense moment. Yeah, no. Um, I, I'm... Do you want to give your rating? Yeah, yeah. I, I can... Oh, God. I just want to talk about this movie more, though. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. This movie is a freaky fuck. It, it, it fucks, but it's fucking freaky. Um, guys, see this in theaters. Don't take your kids. It's rated R for a fucking reason. Yeah. Um, but this is a freaky fuck. Uh... This, I'm saying it now, folks. This will be in my top ten. Not sure where, but it will be. Um, there are other movies we've talked about that I know are going to be on there, but this is the one that I need to say. Like, it, no, only, only, only one other movie that we have reviewed did I instantly know it'd be in my top ten the moment I walked out. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, this is because I right now have like four. On my top ten, maybe five, but mostly four, um, that are definitely going to end up there. But outside of one of the movie, this one, I walked out and I'm like, yep, that that hit me. That hit me good. That hit me hard and fast. Um, and so, yeah, this is a freaky fucks. Um, go see it. Watch it on Halloween. I'm sure they're going to release it on streaming at that point. Um God, this was just, this is, it's, and the thing is, you rarely get, you know what, okay, this is what I have to add. You rarely get a movie that exactly meets the expectations that you get in the trailer, okay? And Mm -hmm. this met them right at the razor's edge in such an amazing way. Sometimes, here's the thing, you get movies that exceed what the trailer gives you, and then you get movies that go underwhelming, underwhelm what the trailer gives you. But how this met exactly what it promised, somehow, for me, that is special. Take it away, Al. This, to me, is a movie as seances are fucked. (laughs) And here's the thing. I, folks, if you are literally talking to the dead, if you're going to a party where they're like, we're literally going to talk to the dead, 
Why the fuck are you at that party? Oh, I've been to a party where they brought out a Ouija board, and I, and I don't believe in that stuff, but I was like, oh, no, thank you. I don't want to go there with that. I'm, I, like I said, I don't believe in that stuff, but I was like, let's just, let's not fuck around and find out, folks. Exactly, because this movie is like, hey, let's talk to the dead. They fucked around, and they found out. Yeah, you're going to find out. They'll yeah. mess with you. This, again, this is this is one of those debuts a lot of filmmakers a lot of potential filmmakers just dream of and that it, it hit these two youtubers who were more infamous for their gross out violence than any form of like sophisticated storytelling like it just tells you that like once like like by the strength of this movie they were offered street fighter and now they're yeah. going to be making a street fighter movie yeah and yeah no their their filmmaking is confident like every frame of this movie was like these guys are confident in what they're doing. The fact that the fact that it opens up with a with a with a single tracking shot, right? Mm-hmm. It opens up with a single tracking shot that they're that confident to do that. Like, oh, I, I wish I had their balls. I yeah. the fact I listen, I don't know how they found Sophie Wilde, but I'm glad they did because this girl, she Yeah, I don't know who is she? That's amazing that you find someone like that. Yeah, she I, over under that in five years she's gonna be in a superhero movie. She's better than that, but yes, you're right. I know what you mean. I know what you mean when you say that. Yeah, it's just yeah, this I whole cast is really good. This whole cast is like the fact that Taika Waititi already cast one of them in his and the movie he's working on now is all you need to know. This yeah. the, the the kid who played Riley, he's like not not to be hyperbolic, but. If the kid has this much talent at his age now, imagine once he's an adult. Yeah. Because he, no, he did some heavy lifting shit. Shit that yeah. adult actors can't even pull off. No, I know. And it was just funny. Like when you see him, but all the other actors in the interview that I saw, they're just, they're such, I hate to say it, they're such fucking Zoomers about it. Like the way they're like, they're proud, obviously, and they're excited. But there's something about the way they're acting where it's like they're very relaxed about how they did this. They're just like, well, yeah. It's just like, no, well, yeah. Like, you did something that no, very few can pull off. Like, mm-hmm. tell us. Talk to us. Talk to me. I, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Um, I will also add, I, I want to ask you one other thing, Al. Um, what did you think about the rule? I mean, not that they, it, not, what did you think about the rules of the hand? Like, did, did you like it? Did you think it was fun? Here's the, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing that I really, really liked about it. They, they gave the rules. The rules were simple. You always want them to be simple. And they presented the scenario of these rules being broken and they introduced, uh, all right. I always tell people that one of the best stories that did rules really well that added to the drama was Death Note, the manga. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this movie has simple rules about how to talk to the dead, what happens when you go over the consequences of that. But there are vague elements of the rules that could be interpreted one way or another. Like, like I did not have a problem with this movie like I have with a lot of horror movies where you're like, well, why did this happen then? Why did it like, no, the rules are simple enough that you can bend and twist them and still have a satisfying experience. Mm-hmm. So, so no, I, I really liked how they did this again, g- g- folks. Sometimes simple is better. And they, they go f- the full throated with that. And it, it automatically helps that at the very end, 
the rules inform the ending and it's just it's it's just chef's kiss really really real done really yeah. well done like the fact of the matter is is that there wasn't an element of this movie where i was like you could take this out you could take this out like from the beginning from the prologue to the ending i was like oh these guys are confident in what they're doing yeah yeah, it very, was like a, the movie was like a, actually the movie was like a drug and I'm not just saying that I mean it like it was it had these very intense highs and lows and mellows that really played well like really 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 fucking well um, also it's so it's it's doing quite well in theaters not like okay not Barbie good obviously but I think someone pointed out it had the best single opening day possibly this year. I think someone mm-hmm. someone said that. I don't know, but it's already made more double its money because it was very cheap to make. Um, for well, relatively cheap for mm-hmm. a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, what else can I? What else can we say? I don't know. Nothing really. <laughs> I, know, I know, folks. It's just like, <sighs> no, no. This again. Yeah. It's it, it's one of these things that, folks, go watch it. You will not be disappointed. Let me put you this way: this is one of the few movies where I literally like did the jump in my seat and was like using my legs to cover my eyes because oh, if something hand, was happening, I, I grabbed my wrists, my wrist tightly during the thing I think you're talking about. It yeah. Was- yeah. yeah. And it, it's one of those things that's like, if that happens to me, it was worth the price of admission. It really, yep. really was. And again, for those that are like, oh, but it's A24, their, their horror movie can, their horror movies can sometimes be incomprehensible. Trust me, you will not have that problem with this. This is the most accessible A24 horror movie I've seen in a while. Yeah. Well, and that, I think. With, oh, yeah. you got something else to add? No, no, no. On that note is what I was going to say. What were you, this has we, been What Do You Think? I'm Al. And I'm C. Talk to me. No. Good night, everybody.